2: Before we get going on today's episode, big up to the members of the Patreon. We got Jake Powers, Mike Wozniak, Derek Platis, Corey Johnson Hoops, Devin Rendon, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Ryan Pisner, and Daniel Gibson. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. If you join the $10 tier for the month of March... You will be eligible for a chance to win a hat and a crew neck. That is the contest giveaway for the month of March. So head on over to the Patreon, subscribe, help grow the show. Today's episode, my guy Nick Alvarez from Twin Talk Yanks comes on and we talk about the upcoming baseball season. I'm excited about the Mets. Some would say I'm switched on and it was a fun conversation. A lot of general talking points about the season and about baseball so it was really, really eye opening and some interesting talking points. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast.
0: Respect in my city I'm working off of respect Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real You you got what I got uh. This one for those they forget in my city This one for those they forget yeah. This dog of the leash and it's ready to kill
2: yeah. Ah, yes, what's good everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum At the Lame Shows, you can find me My guy is here My favorite Alvarez in the building <laughs> You know why though? You know why, right? It's the same name It's the name, baby <laughs> My guy, Nick Alvarez Twin Talk Yanks in
1: the building we're gonna talk some baseball what's good bro what's going on baby and what's going on everybody listening um same stuff man grinding working i'm loving this place loving what you're doing here thank you thank you and i love i love talking baseball so yeah i i love talking baseball with you and your brother the most of anyone is it because we have we we're the yankee fans and you're the met fans and we like sometimes we yeah, yeah, we butt heads like but in in like the good sports debating way, which yeah, is good.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys don't rub it in my face that you guys have fucking twenty seven championships. Yeah, you
1: know? and but but you constantly say Degrom is the best pitcher in uh, in New York, which we can argue. I don't, I don't, I think he's the best pitcher in baseball, and I don't even think it's close. I listen. I agree in a in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got awesome stuff. But you can really argue either way. And you know which way
2: I'm going to argue. Well, my favorite thing about the Cole and the Grom debate amongst New York fans is that, I mean, they're clearly like the top five, six pitchers in baseball, if not even higher. right? Yeah. Yeah. But what's funny is, for once, the Mets actually did something smart where they paid the Grom before Cole did. Because based on the accolades. They would have had a dish out. They would have like close to 400 M. You're right. So they paid him before Cole, and then now he's on. Look, he's still making money. Yeah, but compared to what he should be, I think the Mets kind of fleeced Degrom, which I'm happy for.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and they and they bring in an offense around him, really, and because you know there's a history of the Mets not scoring any runs mm. for him. I saw a stat a couple months ago, and it was like if the Mets had scored more than one run in 33 of Degrom's last 40 starts, he would win 32 of them. You know, he'd have like 32 wins and he clearly, you know, he doesn't get the the win mark. And he's really been kind of revolutionary in the discussion about how wins and losses don't really, what effect does it have to the greatness of a pitcher?
2: Well, I think that all started that year that King Felix won that Cy Young. And I think he was like 13 and 12 or he was 500. Yeah. But he had like a sub 2-2 ERA and... His numbers were crazy and very similar to where he's losing all these games where he'll go eight innings and give up one hit. Yeah. But
1: with but with DeGrom... No he, decisions was the word I was looking for. DeGrom thinking. goes like seven and seven with like a... Or like seven and three mm-hmm. with like a 1.51. Mm. And it's just dominance. Like complete dominance. And... And when he won the Cy Young too, a lot of what did he had like eleven, I think he won ten and ten that year, or something, something like that. Um, but it was really the the emphasis he started that conversation again around how let's not look at wins and losses, let's look at how dominant this guy has been, you know, throughout the whole year. I, I listen, I love watching the Grand Pitch, I do, but I'm 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 biased Yankee fan. I gotta yeah, go yeah, Garrett yeah. Cole.
2: I have to. Yeah. Have you noticed my color scheme and you're wearing your Yankees mm-hmm. suit? I even got a custom. Well, this is, a, know you, this is a, a, Knicks, a, a Knicks, Mets. We're not going to say Islanders. Uh, hat got a little custom. But yeah, so this preview show, uh, it's going to be a little bit different. We're not really going to break down every single team. We are going to run through some of the divisions. But I got general just talking points for each division. Okay. Because I really want to cater it to two different audiences here. You being the more knowledgeable baseball fan and you kind of like not missing in that bat where me i'm very invested in the mets and a lot of it has to do with what my expectations are and also what the sports books are, are saying mm. you know right mm. now the mets have the third best odds behind the padres and the dodgers to win to the win, nl to, okay to win that right? out so that's telling me that they are favored to win their division tough division like we were yep. talking about before yep. we started recording tough division but when the Mets are expected to be good, I'm more invested. Like in twenty the twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen era of the Mets, I was like knee all in. deep. Yeah. yeah. And then the years after, it's like all well, the fuckery that goes on, you know, typical Mets shit, yeah. right? So the thing with the Mets, right? Tell me and tell the people listening Lindor coming over, right? Okay. I feel like Lindor is one of the five to eight baseball players that even the the general sports fan that don't really fuck with baseball knows about. Yeah. He's very marketable. Yep. Mr. Smiley. Mr. Smile, yep. right? Yep. He comes
1: over. How, how big of an acquisition is that for the Mets? I think it was game-changing for the Mets. Like, it, extremely game-changing. One, because Ahmed Rosario was touted as, like, huge Mets prospect, and he never really... Blossom to be that so they were definitely looking for a shortstop um bringing in Lindor is huge because he's a smiley guy but not it wasn't really only that obviously we know what kind of talent he has on the field he's dominant and he's a switch hitter huge I love switch hitters um but everyone talks about Lindor they talk about how he thrives in the spotlight and there's not many players in the league that can do that whether it's New York LA Chicago it teams look for guys like that like especially big market teams the mets land him and so far he's been doing an an excellent job and it seems like when the pressure's on he loves he loves it even more um and he's gonna make everyone else around him it was a you can argue it was the most important signing for the mets in the last decade you can argue that i mean even over signing Degrom. Mm. Right, because Degrom is a, staple. but also
2: Degrom is homegrown. Yes. So from a free agent perspective, like oh, we yeah. were making fun of, like Jay Bruce. Yes. Right, and and, uh,
1: uh. and you want to hear a crazy take? And before this, it was Yoenis Cespedes. It was your biggest free agent signing since maybe Yoenis mm-hmm. Cespedes. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cespedes bought the Mets to the World Series. Essentially, you get him at the trade deadline. Mm. He goes off that summer, brings it, And then he hits the home runs everywhere in the playoffs. Um, I think it's the biggest signing since then. I hope and we're going to I know we're going to talk about the numbers a little bit, but they're going to have to lock him up. And a guy I think is that important. You got to do it soon. Well, there's one
2: there's one good thing about the Mets and it's this new owner. Yeah. Uncle Steve, baby. Stevie paychecks, baby. Stevie paychecks. (laughs) Dude. So listen to this. I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know all this, but the Mets now are the richest team in the league from what you know, what the owner has. Yeah. Who would have fucking thought that? <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought that? Like three
1: years ago, you would have said that? You would have like, yo, you're crazy. Yeah,
2: you're, you're wild, bro. Don't bring that shit <laughs> over here. So they're the richest team in the league. And he got bred. And he also seems to be, I compared him to Mark Cuban. Like Mark Cuban loves the Mavericks. He's a fan that is owning the yes, team. Yes, and that's huge. So check this out, bro. He's the richest owner in baseball, like net worth. The second richest is the Rogers group who owns the Blue Jays. The difference between Cohen and the Rodgers group is $6 billion. My goodness. Wow. Cohen is twice as rich. That That gap is twice as rich that he could surpass 27 of the 30 teams in baseball. Wow.
1: Wow. Uh, Besides, no, because the Yankees are. The Yankees take up like the majority of that. So you're talking about besides the Yankees, Mets, and Blue Jays. Yes. Wow.
2: Yeah. My goodness. So basically... Well, that's a great thing. So basically, you could be like, yo,
1: who's a free agent next? What's up? Here's mm-hmm. $400 million. And, and, and it'd here's be like test. just a slap on the wrist. So so here's here's your test. Test number one, Francisco Lindor. Uh-huh. Test number two, Michael Conforta. Mm-hmm. Test number three, what's going on with the bullpen? Like we were speaking about before, Batansis doesn't look great at all. Uh, you know, they, they bring in Trevor May... Diaz, what are you going to get out of Diaz? So, test number one is Francisco Lindor. Test number two is Conforto. Conforto said there's been no talks yet about any contracts. And actually, the Mets made an offer to Lindor. Mm. And he politely declined. And, you know, they're going to continue. He's not a guy that's... He said he doesn't want to talk contract extension talks during the During the, the season. season, yeah. Which is the kind of guy you want because he's locked in, right? Right. So, and also when you're a guy like that in any
2: sport, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get paid anyway. Oh, I mean, look, so it's not a guy who just had, just had a career year and it's like, yo, let me strike all the irons, the hot, I know that I've been balling all
1: these years where I think he's, you, you think he's going to stay with the Mets? I think he, I think they're going to sign him. There have been reports that it's heating up and like John Heyman was saying there's a 60% chance that it can get done before opening day. Mm. So, I mean. What ha- what would happen if you wake up opening day? It's like, which is an awesome time to wake up. It's, it's yeah. an awesome day, and then Frankie Lindor signs a ten-year, you know, what three thirty, we'll say three forty. That would be awesome for Mets fans. We spoke
2: about this last time I had you and your brother on. Shouts to Chris. Shouts to Chris about baseball players making three hundred plus million dollar contracts. Yeah, there's a there's a history of them where it doesn't really translate to team success. Why do you think
1: that is? Well, because you're so reliant on just that player's salary in general. Look at the Angels. I mean, Albert Pujols, number five in the home run list all time. Top, you can, Albert Pujols is one of the greatest players to ever suit up. But he also signed the worst, not in his opinion, right? Because he's just signing a contract. But that contract with the Angels is one of the worst contracts of all time. I don't don't think it was for 300 mil, but now we're seeing more. Now we're seeing a lot more of it it's still in the top 15 all time. What what was a
2: uh... All right, so we got 426.5 for
1: Trout. <laughs> D- Given yeah. so Listen, crazy. he but he's one of the I'm sorry, but he's one of those guys where I, when I saw that I was like that's it.
2: Yeah. I felt that way about Pat Mahomes too. I'm like, he's kind of underpriced. That's that's Yeah. So, so it's Trout, that's Betts, not... Tatis, Harper, Stanton, Cole, Machado, are A-Rod... We... And this is
1: total salary, um,
2: total Most contract? Most lucrative contracts in MLB, MLB history by total value. Okay. And then you got Arenado, A-Rod mm-hmm. again. So A-Rod's on this list fucking twice. Yeah. Rangers, Yankees. And then it's Miguel Cabrera, Strasburg, Rendon, and Pujos. Wow. Question. Is I- Josh Hamilton on that list? Josh Hamilton is... Tr- tr- I'm man, at like the 50s now, and I don't. See okay, because that was an awful contract too. Josh Hamilton was 125. Well, his was only a four-year deal. The other ones are like you're talking about, like like over eight seven-year like deals. Tatis is 2021 to 2034. I like
1: his con- I like his contract though, mm. Nick.
2: I like his contract.
1: So I'm not against a
2: guy making that much money if you're a field player. An everyday guy, but I feel like Garrett Cole for three hundred twenty-five million is kind of crazy when he's pitching every five six days.
1: Yeah, you're asking me though. I mean, it is right when you see nine years and three... take take your fandom aside. Yeah, okay. The, the general so concept
2: you... of a pitcher making that much, like Trevor Bauer, right? He wanted yeah. he got how much this
1: all season? He got um what is it four years one hundred sixty mil or something like that? He gets forty one this year. Like that's... He'll be the most in history. With, i think it's with the big you're only going to see those with the big market teams mm. especially with pitchers because they can kind of a, it's kind of a luxury to be able to do that
2: that's a good point that because the names that you see on this list you're not it's, it's big market guys that like it's kershaw it was david price at the time he's still on this coming mm-hmm. into his last year with the red sox mm-hmm. and then you got Garrett Cole in
1: New York. Yeah. So what I think with the Garrett Cole thing what was big was the Yankees weren't just looking for the best pitcher. He was the best pitcher on the market obviously at the time. Um but they were looking for their future because they they didn't have that guy since CeCe came in '09. that really that they took and in their prime and was an ace. They had Tanaka but we didn't really I'm sorry, the Yankees cuz I'm taking i'm trying to remove myself from the no no,
2: no. i'm all for saying we i say we no no i I say it it all the time but in
1: in the in the for one of those
2: that like i changed my outfit at halftime when the giants and you know what i hate i hate when people say to me
1: (laughs) i hate when people say to me like why do you say we like they don't care about you it's like bro like this is more than just like sports have been more than just like you know go it's just so many things family thing you know memories all that stuff so like Yes, like I am a part of the Yankees. I'm sorry.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. You're not. No. You know yeah, I mean? I, yeah, I, yeah. You know. You know exactly what yeah. I'm talking
1: about. Um, but yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna see. Garrett Cole is. You, they were looking for that guy since CC, and they got it, and that's the big reason why they paid him the big money. They needed to pay him, it, and he kind of lucked out too. Um, he used his last year and a half especially killing the Yankees a bunch of times. The Yankees had to get him. There was no one else on the market. And did they overpay a little bit? I don't know. Nine years, 324? We'll see. I mean, he pitched well in the postseason for the Yankees. You going to get a full season out of him now. I think it was big for them needing to get him to, to spend that money.
2: I also think that when it comes to free agents, you see it a lot of times when guys in the NFL, when they leave one team and go to another team, you're always going to overpay for a free agent. You just yes. have to, to get him drawn away from that team. Exactly. And also with the Yankees, which is really interesting, you're right. The Astros were daddy for like three, four years. Yeah. So not Dominant. only do you steal him from a contender, you steal him from the team that stopped you from winning, so you weaken them also.
1: Yes. We ne- the Yankees needed to get over that hump, which was not only the Astros, but it was getting an ace pitcher that we can have for one, four, and seven. Yanks didn't have that. They had Severino, but he was, you know, hurt, and he was up and down. Tanaka, you know, he 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 pitched well, but the Yankees needed that guy, and now they have him for the next eight eight seasons now, or eight. In, I don't know how they're going to structure that, but they have him for eight seasons, the guy where they can breathe and say okay, because they're thinking postseason twenty four seven. Yeah. So that's what they got. I mean, it's he's our game one the, starter.
2: With a Yankee fan, you're expectations changes everything for fandom. Yeah. Where if you guys don't win a World Series, you're disappointed with 103 wins ALCS.
1: Oh, last season was a bus. Yeah.
2: Bus. It's unbelievable, right? You you say that to a Pirates fan, like yeah, yeah. you're going to win 103 and you're going to make the NLCS. They're so going to be like, yes.
1: What's even up. worse, right, is how the Yankees have made it to the playoffs the last four seasons and gotten pretty far. They could have won it in 2017, we were like two pitches away from potentially going to the World Series. You never know what can happen.
2: as far as how, how crazy is that? like as far as things you hate, where are the Astros on your they're list? they're up there
1: <laughs> they're up there over um, over the they're over the Red Sox. Really they are. Wow. because why they, is that? Is it a well, generational
2: one, thing? Because yes, you're, our generation, if you're a Yankee fan, you've been scarred more by. The Astros, and you have the Red Sox.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I grew up watching the Yankees-Red Sox rivalries, 4 that disaster. You know, we I remember that fully, but... I wish Twitter
2: was around for that.
1: Oh, my God. You, we would have fought, probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we would have we fought. It would have got deep. Oh, man, that would have <laughs> been nuts. No, seriously, that would have been nuts. Thank That's God. That's my number
2: one draft pick for things I wish social media was around for. Yeah. Or
1: what about for, like, because Austin you, and Rock?
2: Or yeah. Or like even for, like, Austin and yeah, Rock? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been nuts. That would have been wild. That would But but been... from a sports perspective, because you know Yankee fans, you guys would have been like on your high horse. Yeah. And then just to see the collapse would have been. Yeah, no,
1: it was bad. But I'm I kinda hate... getting a little horny right now, just saying this. <laughs> <laughs> you have to think about what the Astros did to not just the Yankees but the game of baseball, really. They real and they fucked the Yankees. And I can curse, right? Yeah. Okay, of okay. They, I they... got the E on the podcast. Okay, good, on. okay, good. They fucked the Yankees, they fucked Aaron Judge. Um, and it was just awful for the game. The way that they went about it was really bad too, but I mostly hated them because of how good they were. And that's why I hated the Patriots, mm. right? That's why I hated the Red Sox. That's why I hated the Spurs for like 16 years. I'm I'm not even a basketball fan. I just I don't hate unlike the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. Because they're just so good. Um so it had a lot to do with that. They're they're over there. Yeah, they they're over the Red Sox. Because the Red Sox really, we've been killing them. I mean, they beat us in 2018 in the playoffs, mm-hmm. so it kind of like flip flopped them. But it goes, it goes back and forth. Fuck the yeah. Red Sox and the Astros.
2: It's weird because like when you're when you're uh, as a Giants fan, I talk about this a lot. How the team that, like I'm 30. My if you're in my generation, if, if you're like 26 to 34, you gotta hate the Eagles more than you you hate Dallas and Washington, just because that's yeah. the team that's really prevented you from getting over the hump more than any other team. Yep. Yep. Whether it's you know it's a week 16 game you win and you're in you're in the playoffs and then they they lose you know yep. kind of shit like that and
1: it's been for the Yankees it's been it's been the Astros and it's been the Red Sox but for me it, the Altuve home run to oh over the top over mm. the top I'll never go through those 10 minutes of what I went through when DJ LeMay who tied the game and then Altuve hit the walk off I will never experience that swing of emotions you can inject anything into me. And I will No I'm serious I will never experience Those 10 minutes again
2: Dude as a Yankee fan What's the What's the team That strikes the most fear In your heart
1: In the American League That's a good question I'm a professional bro That's a good question um, I, w- I would say the Rays Right Because the Rays Are are a big threat I would say Oakland Houston is still a threat for the Yankees, man, there's there's a lot of them. Oakland. I'm gonna still actually, you know what? I'm gonna still go Tampa, and here's why. I'm gonna go Tampa because until we prove that we can get over that hump of beating Tampa consistently, the Yankees, they're not. They they're still. They they really owned us the last two seasons. They beat us ten out of eleven times in 2020, and then they kicked our ass uh, in the ALDS. So I think it's I think it's the Rays. And I'll give you. I'll give you. What can you tell me about the White Sox? See, I was thinking here, about the White Sox. He, he, here's
2: why, right? So I'm looking at the World Series odds right now. I'm using DraftKings sports book
1: for for you. I would like the White Sox for a guy like for a betting guy like you, a yeah. degenerate like you. Yeah, I would. I would like the White Sox. I uh, I bet. I love futures,
2: MVPs, Cy Youngs, and shit like that. I always bet uh, MLB ones.
1: There was one year. Oh, man. What do they have for the White Sox coming out of the AL?
2: So out of the AL, I don't have it in front of me. Oh, league winner. Here we go. So right now in the American League, the as I have my UFC bets on for tonight, brother, brother. Okay. Yankees are the favorite plus 230. White Sox plus 380. Twins plus 750. Tampa Bay plus 850. White Sox
1: have the second best odds. In the American League, yes. That's even after the injury news to Jimenez yesterday. Jimenez five, five to
2: six months, right? Well, yeah.
1: And that's fake. Yeah. Wow. They signed Lynn.
2: Yo, you know there was one year, A.J. Pollock. Oh, yeah. It? On mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. He be, I think he won the hits. Like, he had the most hits in the league. And then that next year in spring training, he, like, broke his forearm. Yeah. Like sliding into second. Yep. Boss hits me up and goes, bro, they haven't pulled his hit total off the website. He's like, we got to hammer the under. I was like, yo, the under like 240 or some shit. He's like, dude, he's going to be out six to eight weeks. He's like, even if he comes back, he's like, there's not enough. He won't. Yeah. Yo, we fucking max bet it. Free money. Wow. Look that, at you. See, I, someone like me, I would never know that. So with player props, sometimes they're late to pull them down off the market. But like how late? Dude, this happened like overnight. You know, it was a
1: West Coast. Okay. So it
2: happened at like 1030. Gotcha. Yes. So. Wow. You know, sometimes working the overnight. Look really-
1: at you. Yo, look at you go. Look at you! Why cheat, and steal, baby. <laughs> Free money. <laughs> I like. Look, I like what the White Sox have done. Mm. Lance Lynn. They they have a an offense. Um, we know what they can do with their offense, but it's going to be the question of what. Like, we need to talk about the Twins too. They need to win that division if they're going to do anything. And the Twins are a pretty good baseball team, and they have won the division in the last two years. So, until the, if you're a betting man. I'll take – give me the White Sox. But to come out of the AL will be tough. Maybe to win the division. Anyone, you got to go through the Yankees this season. I don't know if they can go toe-to-toe with the Yanks yet. The
2: White Sox have my favorite player in baseball. Tim Anderson? The level of I don't give a fuck that he has is amazing. Yeah, yeah. He's wild. Oh, you don't like bat flips? Here it is. Yeah. (laughs) What's good?
1: You know, know, he's – and he's bought like flashback because they were – It was always – the Cubs were always the flashy team in Chicago. Now he's bringing a lot of conversation back, and he's attracting a lot of players to go play for Chicago as well. And he's a – he can swing it with the best of everybody. Yo, why is it that baseball –
2: hardcore baseball fans, they get so butthurt about passion and displaying, like, emotion? Like, remember Jose Bautista –
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember
2: we were having this debate back in the day yeah. with like Boston Tim also, and they're like super baseball fans, and Tim is like the super purist. You know, like he hates he hates the uh, the shift, right? Yeah. And I was like, "Yo, bro, you got to understand, Jose Bautista hit the that was the biggest moment of his career. Yeah, they're at home. It's forty thousand people going yeah. nuts. Yeah, you impulse. Yeah, you've been on a ship bag. Like that's the biggest moment of your career. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna." eight Mississippi, my home run. Yeah, and fuck, mm. that's the that's the best shit. I, I you're asking me how I feel about it. Yeah, how do you feel about that? You know, like a guy fucking just hits a triple, and he slides in, and then he gets up, and he's mad. So yeah,
1: here's a funny story, right? I'm gonna tell you. This is how I feel about it. And we we played high school baseball together, Coach Rotundi, right? I hit I lead off the game my my junior year. I lead off the game with a, with a triple, right? He bat he batted me lead off. I lead off the game with a triple. I get to third base, I slide in head first, and I scream. I get up, I'm like, yeah, I pound my chest. He yanks me. (laughs) (laughs) He yanked me me right there. And I was like, what the hell? He read me out. He's like, I've seen you do that over 20 times. Act like you've done it before. You know what I'm saying? But what happens when you haven't? Exactly. So what happens when you haven't? I don't know. See, that's when I'm all for it, right? Um, In those situations, in a big playoff game, right? um can people be a little bit excessive with it yes but also i'm, I'm like I'm, I'm it is what it is i'm an old school baseball fan when it comes to certain things but i don't think it should be done like a lot of guys do when they're down 7-1 in the seventh inning
2: right with a solo home run so i agree with you that's why i think context is everything right yeah like jose batista hits that home run it's like
1: bro this is and what made that moment better was his reaction to it exactly that's bro, what that was people the cover of a drake freestyle yeah, that's what people remember it for so I'm all for that. But if you're down 7-1 in the 6th or the 7th, you know, and, and you hit a home run off Garrett Cole, who's – that's your second hit of the game. That's just like – I'm not with that. Mm. You're probably – the next guy up is going to get one in the back. There was some heat for the U.S. women's
2: national team a couple World Cups ago. I think the last World Cup, they played that first game, I think, against, like, Thailand. And they beat them 13 nothing. Wow. I remember they came out and all the reports were like, oh, is that disrespectful to your opponent, this and that. And uh, Megan Rapino, who she's, I was telling uh, John, John was on the podcast yeah. the other day. And uh, she was on the screen because she's been spearheading the equal pay thing for the women's national team. Fun fact, the U.S. women's national team was the first one to really shine light on the equal pay thing for women's sports. And I was telling John, I was like, yo, she's in my Mount Rushmore of athletes that are just gangster, bro. Yeah. Like, she don't give a fuck, right? She doesn't. So, she scored a goal in that game, and it was, like, 9 nothing, and she celebrated, like, excessive. And I was like, yo, celebrate. Oh, like, running and, like, sliding, right? Yeah, she did, like, a choreographed dance. I'm like, yo, I don't care about the whole sportsmanship thing. Like, Brosnan used to say that, too, right? Another Owls coach. Yo, if you get on the field with someone, you have every right to beat the piss out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, when you're up 45 nothing on someone, you don't need to do a choreographed touchdown celebration. Yeah, yeah. So when people were outraged about the women's national team scoring 13 goals, I was like, I have no, like, score 23 yeah, goals. Yeah, I was like, yo, you don't really need to choreograph a, a celebration. Like, say that one yeah. for a more meaningful one. Yeah, so, like, what you're saying, like, context is is everything. Yeah, if that. you're doing that in a spring training game, yeah. I'd be like, mm, that's a little excessive, bro. But if you're doing that fucking game five on the road in fucking Houston and Judge hits a home run... It's like, yeah. yeah, I want him to fucking throw his cup at Altuve. <laughs> like, I want him to go take nuts. him with him when he rides. Yeah, second. yo, like, you gotta, you gotta. So, back to Tim Anderson in the White Sox, man, he's bringing some flash. I think he is. he's a guy who should, and there's always that debate about why aren't MLB guys more marketable, right? The one of the, the big talking points on like sports television and sports shows is, you know, if Mike Trout was to walk down the street in Times Square, no one's gonna know who he is. Yeah, nobody and except for me, yeah, and you. Well, like, yeah, the the the, the
1: baseball the, fan, but, yes. you
2: know, like Tom Brady walks down the street. Everybody knows Brady, Odell, you know, guys like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, with Mike Trout, a lot of it has to do – MLB has a weird way of, like, running their business. Mm. I mean, really, they do. You, Mike Trout is clearly the best player in baseball, and you have guys that attract so much attention. But they don't, you know, every Sunday night game is Yankees-Mets or it's Yankees-Braves or it's Yankees-Toronto or it's Boston-Tampa mm. or it's L.A. and San Diego. If they want to be able to get more of the casual fan base and have pe- – they have to have scheduling so that more people see Mike Trout. He plays in the East Coast maybe when there's a boost in viewership opening day. hmm all-star break, you know, in between all-star break towards the end of the season, you know, think or against the Yankees, maybe to start this, something like that. Uh, but they don't. And I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting.
2: I want to stay with the theme of the American League. So you think it's, it's the Rays and the White Sox as the biggest threat to the Yankees, who also the Yankees, not yeah. only are they your favorite team, they're also the favorite to win the American League.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you can't forget about the Twins either.
2: Right. Yeah. Those are the top four.
1: Is there anyone in this Orioles, Royals, Angels? Yes, there is. Okay, who? Yes, there is. Um, Angels, Angels, and shouts to Chris too because Chris is big on the Royals this year, and they look great in the spring. They, they, I think they lead mo, in mo, uh, like overall statistical categories and hitting. They lead the entire spring. Jorge Soler is going off, um, but I'm all in for the Angels this year, and mm. it's because of what Houston has. Houston's demoted, right? Oakland has really not gotten better, but you know what you're going to get out of Oakland. Texas is not good. There's a window open in the AL West that hasn't been open for the last, what, five years? Right? Because Houston's been pounding everybody. Oakland as well. 100 games, 95 games. There's a window open for the Angels, and I think this year they take it. I
2: really do. If you look at the odds in the division... It's the tightest one of the bunch. The West. Yes. So, and what I mean by that is. Where do they have? Houston? Houston's the favorite, plus 125. Mm. Athletics, plus 145. Angels, plus 300. Mm. So, it's like tight there at the top. When yeah. you look at other ones, Dodgers, minus 250. Padres, plus 200. Third place is the Giants, 40 to 1. Wow. So, at the top, in the West, in the American League, it's where you're saying how it's yeah. pretty tight.
1: It it's tight, and I think if the if the Angels are gonna, I don't can they win a division? Yes, I think they're gonna make the playoffs in general. Um, are they? Can they be a threat to the Yankees? I don't know, but I do I do see in those in that category of under the radar teams. And look, look out for the Royals too. The Royals signed Carlos Santana. You know they have Jorge Soler. They they're gonna be a scrappy bunch. You you know you know the best. The Royals twenty fifteen how they play man. They mm. they're, they're gonna they're gonna play nine strong. Um, but I have my eyes in the Angels this year. Something about them. Otani's looked spectacular. He's hitting six fifty in spring. In Healthy four- also in forty at bats. He hasn't looked so well on the mound, but they're gonna let him pitch. They have Joe Madden. Anthony Rendon is going to be big, but those contracts are slowing them down. The Pujols contract, the Upton contract, he's still over there. The window is now, and if th- they got to grab it. If they're in, if they're in it between the trade down line, they're going to go get a big guy, a, a big starting pitcher. They were in on Garrett Cole. They were in on Trevor Bauer. Yeah. They just got the shit end of the stick.
2: You know, it's funny. The Angels.
1: Who are- doesn't want to play with Mike Trout? Yeah, you know you know what I think
2: with these big contracts, man. Like guys like Trot, I feel as if you you can't not hit like three twenty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the level of expectation is so high so high, because so much of the money is allocated to that guy. Where that's where. Do you think there's any like animosity between him and? You know the backup outfielder, as far as
1: no pay scale wise, no jealousy, I, no. I don't think so because they know like who Daddy is. Yes, and Mike Trout carries himself a lot like Derek Jeter, like, mm. and he carries himself. He's very humble. He's a guy that, like, still goes home to Philly every off and spends and like goes to like his local barber still and yeah. like you know goes. There's a there was a story he visits. His um, hometown high school, the new captain every season gets a visit from Mike Trout and, like, takes him out to dinner and stuff. So, like, he's one of those guys. All right, so I don't think it's any of that. I think he's uh, he's the leader and he knows he's the leader on that team. And guys and guys look up to him for that, and, and he takes them under their wing. There's a lot of – he's got – they've got one of the top prospects in baseball, Joe Adele. Uh, if trout brings him under his wing i mean look look at what can happen you know what i'm saying so i think trout has guys look at him and they're like holy shit that's mike trout right if i saw him i'd be like holy shit that's mike trout Mm. but at the same time he's he's very good with like humbling himself and just trying to get the job done he's just trying to win you know when it comes
2: to prospects i've always been curious about this one In the NBA, and the NFL, you can see, like, a guy has it. Whereas, like, when a guy is in the minors in baseball and he's a top prospect. Yeah. How many of those guys don't pan out? We mentioned Rosario before. Dude, I was hearing about Rosario since, like, 2016. Like, yo, I got this kid. Fucking the next Jeter, the next fucking Miguel Tejada. The next Jose Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like you said... He he wasn't... Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah, He was not... So how many guys fail to reach those expectations?
1: I think most of the guys do. I think there's a fine line between the guys that are huge prospects and don't make it and the guys that are not talked about and end up being monsters. Right? Like... No one really knew about Aaron Judge until he came up and he hit the, the back-to-back home runs with Tyler Austin. I didn't hear about him.
2: Bro, Noah Synergaard was like a throw-in. And then uh, Travis... Travis Darno. Yeah, th- the trade that they and did lo- and then
1: with, uh, what's his name, uh, Ari Dickey. And look how that turned out. But then, like, a good example is Jason Dominguez for the Yankees. They're mm. comparing him to Mickey Mantle, Mike Trout, Ken Griffey Jr., and Bryce Harper. It's like... Jeez. So what expectations do you have at that point, then? If he doesn't go out there and hit 330 with 48... And 120 in his rookie year. He's trash. He's garbage. Yeah. So it's like that. That makes no sense to me. Uh, me, Chris, I can speak for Chris too. Where Where about the eye test, right? Like, Yo,
3: yeah, me too, Jason, bro.
1: Jason, he can hit. He can hit front toss in front of an L screen for 440. So can I. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody can do that. Put him in front of Max Scherzer for a spring. Like, I haven't seen him in a spring training game. We haven't seen. We've seen his only professional at bats in Double A. So there's – I think what different – the difference between basketball, baseball, and football, like, prospects, right, is the basketball – I mean, the, the talent gap is huge from NCAA to, to, um, to the NBA, but it's also different – it's a different skill base with baseball than it is with a basketball and football. Mm. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it as well.
2: It's time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms the best part is and this is the best part you can get all of this for only 15 dollars a month that's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so if you're ready to do more than just listening to me talk about your favorite team then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. I also think because a lot of these prospects we don't see, we just kind of hear about them. Yes. And what I mean by that is
1: you hear about the top 2%.
2: Right, but also, I'm talking about actually seeing yeah. it like, on TV. Yeah. You don't watch AAA baseball. Like, where can you find it?
1: No, yeah. Right? I mean, you really care unless you're a local in the neighborhood.
2: You know, the, the the minor leagues for the NFL is college football. So you see those yeah. guys on Saturdays. You can you're just right. T- I'm a big eye test guy, too, man. You're right. That's a very good point. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah, man. They say that if you want to be a smart Sunday fan, watch on Saturdays. Saturdays. Because you get an idea of those next guys that are yeah, going Yeah, with on.
1: baseball, you don't you hear about the top 2% of every team's prospects. You hear about their top pitching prospect and their top hitting prospect. Right. You don't really see much. Uh, and that's why I think that, that leaves room for a lot of the guys that are unnoticed and come out and blossom. Mm. Right? Where in basketball and football, you hear about the opposite. You hear about 90% of them are busts. Right? What was a stat I saw on ESPN the other day it was like, From 2009 to 2016, there were 32 quarterbacks drafted in the first round. None of them, or like uh, 5% of them, are still on the same team or even signed a second contract, right? So you hear a lot about that in football. But in baseball, you see a lot of them who can fly under the radar and then come September, September call-ups, boom, and then they have a spot next year. So I I don't know. Who knows? Jason Dominguez comes out and and he's a switch hitting Mickey Mantle. Sign me up.
2: Dude, if you go back to 2012 in the NFL, Andrew Luck, out the league, his choice. Yep. RGA3, four different teams. Yep. Ryan Tannehill, new team. Russell Wilson's still there. Now there's some issues of him maybe leaving. hmm 2013, I believe there was no quarterback taken until Geno Smith in the second round. It was the night, first and, time. and Night Night. Night Night, yeah. What is he up to? I think he was, last time I saw him, he was a backup for the Seahawks. Wow. Yeah. You go to um, Smith. Yes, yeah, you go to 2015. Winston and Mariota, different teams. Yep, both backups. You go to 2016. Jared Goff traded. Carson Wentz traded. Dak Prescott hurt. Coming back, he's still there. You go to um, uh, 2019. Who knows about Daniel Jones? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Sorry, 20. How would I skip 2018? Mm. Sam Darnold probably on a new team. Baker Mayfield finally showed flashes yep, last year. Blossom a little bit. Josh Allen finally last yeah. year. Josh Rosen probably going to no. go to the XFL. Yeah. Biggest L that I've taken. I was, like, ready to, like, sell my house, which I don't have, but, like, hypothetically speaking, for Josh Rosen. Really? Yeah, I loved him coming out, man. No. And I've been pretty accurate in, like, spotting, like, quarterbacks that are going to work and aren't.
1: So what do you think about, like, Lawrence
2: and Wilson? So I like both. Lawrence, dude, has been the guy since he was, like, 16 years old.
1: So you you he's, think he's, he's gonna you he, think he's gonna be um, yeah he's the like the, a Pro Bowler or something.
2: oh he's like an NFL MVP caliber guy he's a yeah dude, yeah Zach Wilson. I like Zach
1: I like with the footage from his pro day man so here's the thing
2: the pro days are one of my least favorite things in all
1: of sports because, because you don't have the game action like that you're we were talking on about air. yeah okay so it's like the same thing it's like taking front toss in front of an L screen bingo yeah because I saw him goals. roll around to the left yeah and he came. He, he launched that ball like off his yeah, yeah, back foot coming with his weight coming back.
2: My favorite thing about him, and I'm a big fan of quarterbacks like him in the sense where he plays at BYU. Mm. You don't got much talent around you. Yeah, There's a reason, I think, why no quarterback from Alabama has really been the guy. Mm. Because you're playing with Amari Cooper, Julio yeah. Jones, That's Devontae a good point. Smith. You're playing with Derrick Henry, your offensive lineman. Every year you have that's three guys. Plan. So the talent around you, and I was hesitant on Joe Burrow for that reason because that team... I love team, me some Joey B. Joey bro. B is
1: the man. Chris, shouts like, to Chris. Yeah, too. he got Bengals. me a fire Joey B shirt. Yo, I'm a Bengals fan now. By yeah, the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my well, man, Joey
2: B. So, like with him, I took a little bit of an L because I thought, first of all, he was a one hit wonder in the sense where, you know, prior to that 2019 season, no one thought he'd be a first-round pick, let alone the number one overall pick. Yes. But then he has a lights-out year. And then you look, Justin Jefferson on the Vikings. Fucking yeah. should have won Rookie of the mm-hmm. Year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at Chase, who's coming out this year, going to be a top-10 pick, wide receiver, CEH on the Chiefs. So my thing is, I I always will defer if there's two prospects that I like that are the same. One goes to Ohio State. The other one goes to BYU. Oh, perfect example this year. Yeah. Justin Fields and And Zach Zach Wilson. Wilson. I'd probably go with Wilson because...
1: He has less around him. He has less around him and he's productive. That's a very good point. I mean, I didn't really think of it like that. So, you think the Jets are going to take him at two? I think so, yeah. I think so, too. I mean, it's time to... I think they've got to move on from Sam Darnold. I I mean, he's also been a victim in that system. Right. At what point, you have to ask yourself, is he damaged goods? Yes, but, but then, you know... You bring Wilson in, you're bringing him into essentially the same system. So, are you setting him up for failure? You don't have much around him. Mm. Me and Chris's thing is this. The the Bengals have the, what is it, six, right? Five or six? Five. Five. Miami picks six, I think. Doesn't matter. They're going to pick the the offensive lineman from Oregon. Let's let's hope. Mm. We have a thing that's hashtag protect Joey B at all costs.
2: Yeah, it should be that way. We Because... My my thing: find a quarterback, protect them, go after theirs. It's a recipe for building a franchise. Wow, so it's really that simple.
1: Find a quarterback, protect get off, get line, offensive linemen, and then get defensive linemen. Defensive linemen to go after their quarterback. That's it. That's really it. In the NFL, I know we've like we're like we're like jumping ship to the NFL, but the NFL has turned into like a real pass uh, pass rush heavy league. Yeah, the best teams in the league have the best pass rush, and you know who it reminds me of. Because I was a huge Colts fan back in the day. Come on, you remember that? It reminds me of that Colts team. Yeah. With Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis, and they had an amazing. They had Tarek Glenn. They had Dallas Clark on the line. Jeff Saturday on the line. Like legends. And then they had the goat. Yeah.
2: Well, you know what's funny? I read a article. The better Manning, by the way. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I mean, listen, (laughs) nah, he was. He was the better man, yeah. But it was just funny when Eli had two- (laughs) When he locked up the second one, it was, I think he became the better man. Yeah, yeah, But, you know, it's funny you mentioned those Colts teams because I got that find a quarterback, protect them, go after theirs from Bill Polian, who built those Colts teams. Yeah. He had an article one time that I found very interesting about building a franchise. And he said that when he would build a franchise, he always would draft with the idea of we're going to be playing with a 14-point lead. Because mm. I had Payton. Mm. So that's why mm. he had Mathis and Freeney mm. and he'd get all these pass rushers because he's like, yo,
1: we're gonna be playing with a lead. Yeah. So let me get guys that can rush the quarterback. Very interesting because not those Colts teams were not known for their secondary. Mm. Right. I knew I was a the what, dude, remember that website Zanga before MySpace? Yeah. I had a Colt Zanga. <laughs> and it was like every single play on the roster. But and like the the the, the secondary wasn't really well known besides like Bob Sanders. Uh, but that team was dominant on every aspect of the ball but now you're seeing every team the top teams in the NFL built around their dominant pass rush. I love that. It's like you know just like intensity I love mm. it I, lo- I love I love I love it I love it.
2: I agree with you about building building your team like that what what would you say is how you should build your team in baseball then uh, here's another Rotundi reference. Is it the diamond? It's the power diamond. Let's go. You need... Yo, that's the biggest takeaway of me playing baseball. The one year I
1: played, I I always remember that. Yeah. You build around that. I wouldn't say it's uh, like a power diamond, but you got to build... You need a good catcher. You need a good middle infielder. Both of them. And you need a good center fielder. So, I think you build around that. And a lot of the teams in baseball you see have that power diamond. The Yankees... You can say if you move Aaron Judge to center field, or whatever. But they have that power diamond in Sanchez and Lemayhew. Sanchez? Is yeah. he still Sanchez? Yes, he's still Sanchez. That's my guy for real.
2: Always. Is that is that the one athlete that you defend the hardest of? Any always, athlete? dude. We spend like
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, there was this like arguments. Like this one dude on Twitter, just like after every Gary at bat, it got to a point where he would like like message us, tweet at us, like, "Did you see that? Did you see that?" Excuse me. So I blocked him. <laughs> right? I don't like blocking people on Twitter. I don't because I'm not. Re- I'm all about like open debate and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm yeah, not. Right. I don't like doing that. But I told him I was like, look, I don't like doing this. I have to. That day, Gary hits two home runs and hit the double. So I was like, damn, I would have loved to really get back at him right now. But I will. I will defend Gary mm. always because that's my guy. But it's that power diamond. You see it in a lot of these teams. Look at the Rays. Right. Look at the Angels. Look at the, the A's really did it with when, when they had Simeon Laureano, um, and they had Profar back there and Jed Lowry. Night, night. Um, so if I were to build my team, it would be around that power diamond for sure. My baseball team. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Interesting. Uh, where are you in the sense of? I feel like a lot of games get lost because of the bullpens just across the board why do starting pitchers get pulled so quickly? We saw it with the Rays in yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. And you mentioned the Rays being a threat. Bro, they lose Snell and they lose Morton. That's, yeah. that's a lot to try to overcome. So that's why I was surprised when you said the Rays were like a team that kind of scare you.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing with the Rays is they pulled Snell most notably. Um, and a lot of their, their their starters early is because of their... A dominant bullpen. Right? They have so much trust in these guys, these flamethrowers that go out there. That they're willing to pull the starters. Same thing goes with the Yankees. So, at what point does it come back and bite you in the ass? And it did with Kevin Cash in in the World Series. He takes out Snell. And then they give up three runs. Me. I'm I'm the eye test. If my guy's out there. Right? And I... and, And... He's got 120 pitches. That's a different story, right? But Snell had, he was five, he was cruising. He had like nine strikeouts. You you don't take him out at that point. At that point, part of a manager is knowing your players just as much as it is coaching them, Mm. right? So he needs to be able to find that middle ground. And again, this is where analytics comes into play. Too much analytics is destroying the game. Because these guys are like, I got to take him out because this guy's coming in. And, and from the sixth inning on, he has a, 0, a .093 batting average. It's like, no. How about your starter has got nine Ks with 88 pitches in a World Series game? You know, he's got to be on the mound. I, I, would, I would ride him out. I'm not in favor. Yankees or another team that have a dominant bullpen. But we're veering away from let our starters go out there and chuck them. Now it's let, give us four survive us for four innings and then our bullpen will come save the day but aren't you driving your bullpen into the ground then also yeah look at what the yankees have done the last two seasons their bullpen has not really been good in the playoffs out shit the bed against houston and against uh, the rays last season so it's like if you if you overuse your bullpen it's kind of like you're you're using your starters because these guys and then you ask them to pitch more in the postseason it's just a recipe for disaster we have like Like, Chad Green throwing, like, 123 innings a year.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? And what about,
2: again, with the eye test, what about the common sense test also? Like, if it's the bottom of the seventh and the Dodgers are playing the Mets and DeGrom has 96 pitches and Mookie Betts is up. I want Degrom throwing
1: against them. You want your best guys throwing.
2: Yeah, I don't want them to bring in bullpen guys and shit who are just chilling
1: for two hours, and now you got to go in there and think.
2: no let exactly me go down because with now as a bullpen
1: guy you're going in there, and your first out is in, in a tight game is to get Mookie Betts out, yeah. and you're expected to do that. Yeah. Like why? Degrom has been cruising. He got he got Betts twice on two sliders out of the zone. He hasn't even seen his fastball yet. Mm. So why can't we go back to that where it's like okay. Like, the the best pitchers in the game know how to do that so well. I hate Justin Verlander, right? But that that's a guy that would do that. He would make guys look silly. And we're talking silly after their fourth at-bat against him, after their third at-bat against him in the same game, where you didn't even see Verlander's fastball until the seventh inning. And now he's throwing it at 100. You know, you you don't see that. You don't see that anymore. I hate that. I want to wrap up the American
2: League conversation before we get into National League a little bit. Let's do some
1: awards. Oh.
2: Who you got winning MVP in the AL?
1: I'm not going to say Mike Trout because... No, if, no. You can't pick Mike Trout. Yeah. If he's living and breathing in the AL. Yeah. Uh, I got man. a good one. Who's yours? Tim Anderson. Okay. I could see Tim Anderson. Team
2: that's going to be good. Which in baseball, I've noticed. There was one year I said the year Stanton won MVP. I bet him 50 to 1. Only put like 20 bucks on it. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I noticed that, like, in baseball, it's the only sport where team success is sort of like an icing on the cake. It's not really the whole cake. Yeah, it's not. So, like,
1: if, if they make the playoffs, wins, he can very well win that.
2: Right. But also, if he just has a great statistical season in baseball, he, he can has. win it. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Can I say a Yankee? Of course. I really believe John Carlos Stanton will win MVP this year. Oh,
2: where is Stanton in the odds?
1: I, I, I forty to one. I believe it. Is he be, gonna stay healthy? That's the thing. So yeah. if he plays one hundred and forty games, he's gonna get MVP votes. It doesn't matter what. If he hits two, s- the only thing that's gonna be stopping him is the DH role. The only way that he'll win MVP with the DH role is if he hits sixty home runs, and the only way he's gonna hit sixty home runs is, is 50, if he stays healthy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you want you want to hear a hot take? Yeah. I had we, I was talking with Chris. I got three Yankees. In the top seven MVP votes for the league this year, Judge being the other. You're gonna throw DJ LeMayhew in there because he's gonna get MVP votes. Garrett Cole, I think, will get MVP votes if he if he we have him for a full season. He's uh, he's gonna win over 20 games, and it's gonna be Judge or Stan, one of those two guys. Maybe Gary Sanchez. <laughs> i'm serious though i mean if gary if gary can get a hot streak of two two three months straight which is hard to do i know but if you can get a hot streak he'll get him all right maybe i'm like <laughs> you're reaching a little bit i am reaching a little bit and i was talking to my buddy last week and he's like i'm not satisfied unless gary hits 270 i was like slow down bro is it is it uh is it a black eye
2: on your resume if you have such a loaded roster around you And I'm talking about, like, MVP, because I think one of the reasons why Trot has won MVP is... He's not one around him. He don't
1: have, like... Zach Wilson. Like, you see more of it when there's less around you. Exactly, yeah. Where,
2: like, with the Yankees, you got LeMahieu, you got Sanchez, you got Judge, you got... Even Luke Voigt was, like, hitting bottom. Yeah,
1: that's true. I think a big thing with LeMahieu getting votes was a lot of the Yankees are notorious for getting injured, and he carried us regardless. Uh, Is there... Okay, so is there another player, let's say on a team that I could see on a, on a lesser-known team that really has less around him. I mean, I could see Shohei Otani getting MVP votes if he pitches. And if he's hitting the way he hits now uh, and, and he pitches at a semi-decent rate, at like 120 innings, I can see him getting MVP votes. I can see Tim Anderson getting MVP votes. Oh, man. There's a lot of guys. I mean, Mike Trout, Stanton, Tim Anderson... Uh who who can I think of off the bat? I don't want to name anybody on the Astros or the Red Sox. Yeah, no, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna stay with uh John Carlisan. I really do believe he can win MVP. If he w- plays 140, he's getting votes. Hmm. Cy so Young. Oh man. You want to say Garrett Cole? I bro. do. I really want to say
2: Garrett Cole. <laughs> you can just
0: tell you can say
1: it. I really do want to say Garrett Cole. Um,
2: if he doesn't win an MVP in his tenure with the Yankees, is that a
1: who Garrett Cole? Yeah. No, I don't think it's a bad thing. If he doesn't win a Cy Young, that'll be a bad thing. If he doesn't that, win a well, championship, sorry, that's what I meant. A Cy oh young. No, no, not MVP because I, I think he tough. needs to win a Cy Young. Okay, he definitely needs to win a Cy Young. If he wins, if. If he doesn't win a Cy Young and he doesn't win a World Series, then he's gonna hear it, mm. because really, then what have you done, right? right. You can be, you cannot not win a World Series and still have exceptional numbers. Mm. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. I'm not. I think Cy Young. I mean, I see a Chris mm, Lucas Giolito. Right, he got votes last year. He's another dominant guy that can fly under the radar, especially with Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel in there. Oh man, I mean, is who else really is there besides? So Giolito is the third favorite. Who's no. the second favorite? Shane Bieber. Again, Shane Bieber. I don't I'm not too high on Shane Bieber. I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't, I don't. Uh, he's got good stuff, but look what the Yankee the Yankees whipped it out against mm. him, bro. Just left it on the table. Just right on the table. No, they've. <laughs> They they did they they got him the first inning for three the second inning for four, I don't I don't see much in 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 uh, Shane Bieber. I want to pivot over to
2: the National League, just because I know we opened up with the Mets, but Dodgers they finally win the World Series. Yeah, they get over the hump. About time. Yeah, because so they were another is. team that
1: was just there 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 there. I it's think like it you knew like, what was going to happen. Yeah, it was
2: like five straight years they went to the NLCS or yeah. World Series. Yeah. And then they finally won it. Mookie, man.
1: Mookie and then you throw in Bauer. Were you hype when the Red Sox got rid of him? Yeah. Me? I was like, bye. And you're going to the NL too? Adios. I'll see in the World Series one day, Mookie. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, what the hell are the Red Sox doing? You give up Mookie. They go, Oh, Benintendi goes to the Royals too. I've totally forgot about that. You get rid of Mookie, Benintendi, um, Who's that? Mitch Moreland's gone. They got these young guys now that are excelling, but I was like, you guys are stupid. JD Martinez has nobody around him now. Xander Ballgars, eh. But you get rid of who gets rid of Mookie Betts? Yeah. Poor Alex Verdugo, too, comes over. It's like for Mookie Betts. You got these huge shoes to fill.
2: Dylan, was, Dylan said he met him one time when he was working at the hotel. He's like, yo, one of the coolest dudes.
1: Who, Mookie? Yeah. Dope. He's like, he's just mad cool. And yo, also, Mookie's 28, bro. It's not like he's like 37. He, he, he seems like you just want to like chill. He's, he seems like one of those kids in, in like growing up in the neighborhood that was dominant in like every single sport. You know, like he can literally just do anything. It's like, like, oh, all the girls like them. You yeah, like, yo, like, like oh, we're playing pickup football. Oh, call Mookie. Oh, we can get him on yeah, the squad. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're we're playing pool today. Mookie can play. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was just nasty. at. He can do
2: everything. Who's the biggest threat to the Dodgers in the NL? Is it the team in their division? There's a lot of Padres, like, a lot of Padres love.
1: Yeah, there is. And, yes, yes, I, I, I do think it is. I think it's going to be the unfortunate thing for the, for the Padres is the Dodgers being in their division. I think a lot of... You know what? I think the Mets are a big threat. I really do. I think the Mets are a big threat to the Dodgers as well because they, in a sense, the 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 Padres have done a good job in matching up only to the Dodgers mm-hmm. with their with their pitching. The Mets can match up with both of them with their pitching and their offense. So, if the do- the only way the dot the Padres win the division this year is if they win sixteen out of nineteen games. But the biggest threat to the Dodgers getting to the World Series again is going to be their their cross on rivals because if they lose fifteen out of those nineteen games, even if they beat the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals, uh, I mean the and the Giants, they're still going to be playing some pretty good teams overall. And the same thing goes with the Padres. And I think if the Mets can take advantage of them to going at it, they can whoop, here we are, hmm. and 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 take down the Dodgers. But I think right now it's between the Dodgers, Padres, Mets, and look out um, for Washington. Philly, too. Mets playing a hard division, Nick.
2: Yeah, so their division is, you know how I mentioned the top three in the AL West yeah. so is like the tightest? This one, the top four, is the tightest of, of all the divisions. So you got the Braves as the favorite. Really? Slightly. Plus 120. The Mets are plus 125. Okay. Nationals are plus 350. The Phillies are mm. plus 600. Phillies
1: are plus 600. I'm surprised at that. Yeah. And then
2: the Marlins are 25 to
1: 1. You know, a lot of people weren't really talking about the Nationals, but they still got Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin. And then Soto. They still got Soto. They bring in Kyle Schwarber, Josh Bell. I think they're actually better hmm. um, than they've been. Their, their lineup is more dynamic. A lot of people aren't talking about the Nationals. The Braves have a talented roster. The key for the Mets is to start hot. They don't start hot. It's over for them. But we know how they start. They always start hot. Yeah. So can they start hot and, and, and maintain that success?
2: Yeah, it's that tail end of – it's the post-All-Star break early August where the Mets sort of Re-
1: – Yeah, really? It's like usually it's going into the All-Star break. They lose six straight or something like that. And then it's like since the All-Star break, they haven't scored a run in 32 <laughs> innings. DeGrom <It's> like... <laughs> has given up one hit in four games. Yeah, yeah <laughs> And he has and the, three no decisions. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so – What about uh,
2: the, the other division that seems pretty tight from a betting perspective is the Central. Central
1: and central. Yeah,
2: Cardinals, Brewers, Reds and Cubs are all within like 100 dollars of each other.
1: Man, what's funny was last year we were talking about the Reds so highly. Everybody was talking about the Reds. The, uh, and now they've it's kind of fizzled out.
2: I Who is that dude they used to have that would steal mad bases? Billy Hamilton. Oh, bro. I remember yeah. him
1: just like, yo, he steal he tag up from home on a on a <laughs> pop up to the shortstop.
2: <laughs> I remember playing like, yo, in 2016, uh, this is a humble brag and a flex. I'll pat myself on the back. I won so much money playing NFL DFS. I was playing like $100 single entry fucking MLB. For baseball? It was really, really fucking stupid. <laughs> but I remember Billy Hamilton, you would get like four points for a stolen base. And he would always be like super underpriced because his hitting wasn't like spectacular.
1: But and when he got on, he stole three he bases. But when he got
2: on, he would get you like three stolen bases. And you're like, yo, what
1: the fuck? I just got 15
2: points out of mm-hmm. nowhere.
1: Yep. And what's, what was interesting with him is that he batted ninth or first. So a lot of the guys would. But that's interesting that you do that. But because, what, Seals would get you at that, what yeah, was it was like, like nine points was like, points it, was or like
2: it was like five points of stolen base. Psh,
1: Jesus. So
2: he basically gets you a whole, a
1: solo home run just off stealing bases. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it every game. Whenever he gets on, he was stealing bases. Yeah. And he's all over the place, too. Like, a lot of runs. Do you play MLB DFS? Yeah. Yeah. Chris and I have started to get into the futures, and whenever we go to, like, PA or Jersey, we'll put in a bunch of, like, bets for, like, the night or a couple, you know, the the weekend series or something. But, uh, man, I, I... For someone like me, right, who knows everything about who's hot, who's not, pitching matchups, you know, the ins and outs of literally, like, the shoelaces, like, everything, I I... I For some reason, I have no success with it. None. I mean, I've had a little bit. What do you bet? I would do... You definitely do parlays.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, that's why. Well, are we talking DFS? I'm talking about in general when it comes to you gambling on baseball.
1: Oh, I don't do parlays. I do, like... I like to watch the full game. Mm -hmm. So I would do a lot of, like, who's going to hit a home run, right? Or I'll do one of, like, Garakol 8Ks in the first six innings like sign me up oh
2: so you do like in-game props yeah
1: i do in-game props player props like um you know there's a
2: big advantage that you could get in all sports if you do player props
1: yeah I, i've done pretty well i've done well with football and yeah. player props what was it not the, not this season the season before 2019 daniel jones game uh, it was the last week of the season he threw five touchdowns against washington washington yeah yeah me and Chris put $100 each for him to have three touchdowns and over 300 passing yards. It was, like, plus 800. Yeah. We were like, okay, let's just do it. And We were we were like, holy shit. I think shit. he had
2: that at, like, halftime, too. Yeah, he, 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 he yeah. was going
1: off. We were like, holy crap. Uh, but with I DFS, had, no uh, luck.
2: I had Tyree kill to have over 100 yards and a touchdown against the Bucks in that regular season game. He had he had 210 in the yeah. first quarter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait, there was a good one. We were doing this playoffs where Chris was like, oh, it was, uh, what was it? Baltimore, uh, it was Baltimore against uh, Tennessee again. Tennessee. And they shut down Henry. Yeah. Right? And Chris goes, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I already know where this is going. I know where this is going. Yo, shout out to Chris. Yo, man. Chris, goes, Chris goes, yo, I'm giving him a parlay to do, right? He goes, yo, you're nuts if you if you're going the under on Henry. It was like. It was like Derrick Henry over under 120. I was like, bro, go the under. He's like, you're nuts. He's he's rushing for 200 yards. I was like, Chris, he's not. Like, just this for anyone in a playoff game is like, he'll need to go off. Yeah. He's like, yo, you're stupid, bro. You're stupid. After the first quarter, I was like, who's stupid now? Because he was just shit on. Well, the, he's like, no, oh, you
2: better go Derrick Henry. You know, it's funny. That game, I remember talking about it because I full faded him in the playoffs, in that playoff game. And one of the reasons why is Baltimore got three players back on defense. They're two defensive tackles and one of their linebackers. See? And also, like, if you play Tennessee, you kind of know, like. What you're getting. Yeah, they're going to hand it off to Henry no matter what. So let's just try to take him out. And let That's Tennessee interesting because the
1: way I thought about it was it's a playoff game. Intensity's high. Right. So just him rushing for a hundred is gonna to be tough. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Chris is like, dude, go, he's rushing for two hundred. I was like, Oh my fucking God. Disaster. And then Kelsey, one of them, Kelsey, it was like under ninety-three receiving yards. Chris like go the under. I'm like, Chris, he's gonna have like a hundred in the first half. He's like, Go the under. <laughs> yeah, like a hundred and ten in the first quarter. I'm like, Chris, what are we doing here, bro? We're just donating to Vegas. Yeah tremendous it's fun though because it gets me involved
2: but yeah with player props though to bring it back to baseball there's there's advantages that you could definitely gain i think that not enough people that gamble bet on player props yeah because because people prefer betting on the game because you have there's that misconception of if I bet a game, I'm invested for the whole game. We're like, yo, if you bet Judge to hit a home run, you know what else? You're invested for that whole game.
1: Exactly. exactly. You're invested for the whole game because he's ha- he's got four at-bats. Yeah. Or I'm invested for get- or a lot of the times I would do like uh, four runs between the teams in four innings. There
2: was one time I went to a Met game and <laughs> uh, we did uh, no uh. runs first inning. <laughs> Lead off home
1: runs. <laughs> Wait, here's another Chris story. <laughs> we go, me, Chris, Danny, a man. We went to Mecking back in the day, right? Uh huh. And we're doing DFS, so you're, it's Mets, Marlins. Stanton's on the Marlins. You're going to see the game. Who do you have in your lineup?
2: Gotta have Stan. You
1: gotta have Stanton. You have to have Cespedes. Yeah. Degrom's on the mound. Yeah. Right. So Degrom's on the mound. You're, you're stacking Mets. You, you take you take a lefty on the on Miami just in case, right? And we take Stanton, of course. First inning, Stan hits that bomb off DeGrom. Absolute nuke. And me, Danny, and I met him. Yeah, Chris is like, yo, night. We're like, yo, how do you not take Stan? Cespedes comes up first inning, home run. We're like, yeah, Chris, yo, night. We're like, yo, you didn't take Cespedes either? He's like, no. DeGrom is like, he, the only run he gave up was to the, was the stand?" Chris is like, yo, I didn't take DeGrom either. We're like, yo, who the fuck did you come here for? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, man. Yo, I think
2: if, if the MLB does what the NBA did and really tap into sports betting, I think they could get more people 100 to come and watch it for, for for stories like yours just now.
1: Oh, 100%.
2: Like, if I can in-game shit, be like, all right, yo, who's coming up next inning? All right, we got fucking Stanton, Judge, and, and in. Sanchez. Let's take the over in Sp- that inning.
1: Sports betting has made me a fan of other sports just because of sports betting. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, we had the conversation last time I was on. Where I didn't watch UFC until COVID hit, and UFC was the first sport to come back. Yeah. I was like, wow, well, I got to spend my money on something. Yeah. Let's put it on not Amanda Nunez. I mean, I learned the hard way. Yeah. Right? But <laughs> but um, sports betting made me a fan of that. Sports betting made me a fan of uh, college football today mm-hmm. and the fight tonight. It's gonna, It makes me more involved in and it got me... I used to hate football. Up When Peyton Manning retired, I hated football. I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't want to watch this. I started sports betting. I was like, let's watch it every Sunday. Full slate. Give me it. I'm, I'm up 8 a.m. watching the whole Sunday, the whole shinding. Yeah. So it's gotten me involved. They can do it to so many other people with baseball. No,
2: nah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's the biggest appeal to it. Like, if you're a sports league, you should embrace it.
1: Imagine having a, a, a sports book at City Field. We'd be there every weekend. Yo, you
2: know... Stadiums in Europe, they, have they actually have kiosks outside. See, that would be sick. When you're going, and you could put bets in.
1: See, that would be sick because then we'd make we'd make a day out of it. You'd yeah. go to City Field for the day, watch the Mets doubleheader. Sign us up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's go for the parlay, boys. What do we got? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it would. And not only that, I mean, it's going to bring in the cash flow too. Everywhere. Well, yeah,
2: there, there's so many. There's so many moving parts that it all would come back to more people following your product. Yes. So whether it's more people going to the games, whether it's
1: more people watching from home, your ratings go up. Speaking of the sports betting, I watched a documentary and it was awesome. Thank you, man. And it was awesome. And it has a lot to do with what we're talking about now. right? Because you've been an advocate for sports betting and the legalization of it in New York for years. Yeah. You know, I didn't know about how that tunnel, you could make bets from right there. Yeah. I did not know that. Right, I thought you, I thought it was like that wasn't a spot for it, but anyway, kudos to you because that was that was fucking sick. And Thanks what I mean, you're the person to talk to when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, I got kudos. The ju- to you. I got the juice for that. You know yeah, no, you really do.
2: Yeah, hit me up for UFC bets, man. I got one for you tonight. I got one for you tonight. Yeah. Oh, we what well, are we doing? Uh, I'll save it for you for after because this is coming out on Monday. So in the event that it doesn't hit, <laughs> it was- <laughs> come on, baby, secrets. You know what I'm saying? But yo, oh, man. Let, let, let's wrap I up. I love this. Let's wrap up with the with the NL stuff. Um, let's do some player awards. Okay, National League. Okay, let's go MVP. You ready? You're gonna love this one. Yeah, Lindor. I'm going Lindor. I kind of want him to sign his contract now because then if he wins MVP, it's gonna be like 800 million. I
1: I don't <laughs> think I don't think it's gonna be Tatis. I don't think it's gonna be Betts. I mean, the Dodgers alone have a million. Where's Bets Brents a front runner?
2: Betts, Acuna, and ah. Soto are all Soto's plus 750, too. and then you got Berlinger,
1: Bellinger, Eregato,
2: Bellinger, no. no. and Tatis. Berlinger. Berlinger. I don't know why I said that. It's clearly in like, front of me. There's no R yes. in the beginning of it. Uh, those three are all so plus is 900. So always one time.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so Lindor's kind of under the radar. He's,
2: he's 12 to 1. He's next yeah. up with Freddie Freeman, Yelich, and Bryce Harper. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, so I can see Lindor. Where, where's Pete Alonzo on that? Pete Alonzo is thirty three to one. Hmm, interesting. I mean, I'm big on Acuna. Uh, but I'm for the sake of for for the sake of this show, and I, and I truly believe this too. I I believe if Lindor excels in New York, he'll get a, a bunch of MVP votes, and if they make the playoffs, he'll win it.
2: In the NBA, MVP award has become a storyline award, right? Russell Westbrook won MVP because sure he was doing the triple doubles but also Durant left them. Yeah. How much of that is the same in baseball? If the Mets have a lot of success, it's because Lindor is there now. He elevated the franchise.
1: I don't think it has a lot to do with it because it's such a longer season, right? So many more things play Great out point. over that Great season. Point. And you, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that has a lot to do with it. I really do. Um, yeah, I think... I think Lindor, I think he'll get some votes. I, I really do. I don't know. I mean Soto is remarkable. I'm high on Soto too. I'm high on Soto, I'm high on Lindor. Will there be a pitcher there? Who knows? I think the Cy Young is going to come out of the Dodgers. So.
2: Yeah, I find it hard to believe
1: that you could give a
2: pitcher an MVP award.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 Against that as well. because of, well, Let me ask you a quick question real quick, because we're talking about MVP awards, and I meant to ask you this before. How come the NBA doesn't do it for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? Like, is that just like a thing? Because hmm. how many guys have been snubbed beca- of out of an MB- MVP award because of that? You know what I'm saying? You know why,
2: I think? Because remember back in the early days of baseball, it used to be like, you won the pennant. There yeah. was no real like... Like winning your league was like the thing. So yeah, I think the origins of it is why.
1: Yeah, I that always stood out to me. I was like, "There's always, there's just one MVP." Yeah, yeah. For the NBA, but in base
2: yeah, that's a great point. I never thought about that. Like having conference MVPs.
1: Yeah, because the the MLB has AL and NL. Um, well, maybe so that, it's because of the games. You're playing double a season. It could be, but also look at what, like, James Harden is doing this year. Yeah. Right? Like, he's a good example of Mm – he is, in my opinion right now, the league MVP, and he did it in both conferences. I don't know. I don't know. Something to think about.
2: That's another reason why I asked you that question about Lindor, because you look at James Harden. Bro, the Rockets lost 20 games in a row. Wow. At one point, yeah. At one point, they lost 20 games in a row, and then he comes to the (laughs) Nets – and he's carrying them without Kyrie and yeah. Durant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because there's a running joke on like NBA Twitter with the Rockets fans. They're like, "Oh, so y'all love James Harden now? He's literally doing what he was doing in Houston, but you hated us in mm-hmm. Houston for mm-hmm. it, right?" Mm-hmm. So it's it's a weird dynamic.
1: That's why I think he's an exceptional player. Yeah. And he we gets we a, s- he gets a lot for like his laziness for some reason, but he's a triple double machine. Well, you know why, right? because he you're like makes it book by its cover yeah, he doesn't he makes really
2: it, look like an exceptional and athlete. not just that
1: but when you see his highlights it's the same thing it's one two step back boom yeah but you're not seeing his 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 38 a uh, 38 16 and 11 like what yeah like that's like just those numbers alone are incredible but yeah, he, he
2: puts up uh, outrageous numbers but in the in the NBA the storyline becomes the MVP award yeah. Okay. And the MVP award becomes a storyline. Yeah. Whereas in, in baseball, it's not. Baseball, it's not really the case. Interesting.
1: The, it's, and like like I said, it's because the longevity of the season and so many things play out regardless, that whoever was on for that whole season, regardless of anything, is probably going to get the MVP award. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I hear. What like you it mean. takes. It it it's two totally different,
2: um, like ball games. Yo, you're gonna make me think about this fucking conference thing now
1: for the rest of like, yeah. We the gotta weekend. find that
2: out. That's a, I never thought about that.
1: Yeah, I always thought it would. I always, I always thought that for like ever. It's like why? Why is it like that? Huh. Because it was never like that for the MLB. I I, I presume. I don't. I don't think it was. Not that I know of. So, I had a question for you, but I forgot what I was gonna ask you. NL Young.
2: DeGrom is the favorite. Trevor Bauer is second. Scherzer. Where's you Darvish on that? He's tied with Nola, Snell, and Bueller at 12 to 1. Who's the favorite? Come on, dog. Why are you trying to play me, son? <laughs> Alright. Do I have to say
1: DeGrom? No, you don't know you two. I could see I, I, I could see Darvish because Darvish blossom huge big time last year busted out he's in San Diego's got his role but I mean you can't go against DeGrom it's going to be Darvish DeGrom Walker Buehler I think Walker Buehler has nasty stuff like one of the nasty stuff in the league and the Dodgers made out lucked out big time with him and I think he'll be a Cy Young candidate for a year I think he's like really really good so I think it's Bueller, DeGrom, Darvish. Don't sleep on Jack Flaherty either. 15 to 1. Don't sleep on Jack Flaherty either. Because he had a little bit of an off year last year, but he's another guy. When he's on, he's unhittable. NLCS. Who's in it? <clears throat> Padres Mets.
2: Ooh. So there'll be a new World Series champion this year. Yeah,
1: I, I think I think Bauer is not what everyone seems for him to be and what he got paid. Um, was he the one with the drone? Yeah, he was the one with the drone. He was, he was the one that had a six ERA the year before he won the Cy Young. And he's the one that also just wanted to be paid the highest in the league ever. So, like, he just wanted the title of that. Mm. Right? And I don't fuck with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I know what you mean by that. There's a difference between giving it to Garrett Cole to get your ace and there's a difference between somebody walking in and saying, I just want a four-year deal. I just want the title to that be.
2: I'm the most expensive player
1: on my position. Exactly. Interesting. Um, I don't think he's going to pan out. And I think they're going to run in to the Dodgers or the Mets and, and get beaten. Yo, in
2: baseball, guys don't restructure their contracts because it's guaranteed, right?
1: Not 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 as often as they do in other sports. No? Yeah, so it's probably because of the guaranteed money. Yes, because I know in football they restructure that shit. Well look what look what's happening with Carlos Correa, mm. right? Carlos Correa is there in contract talks with him. He's a free agent at the end of the season, which is one of the biggest shortstop free agent classes ever. If Lindor doesn't yeah, sign, yeah, yeah, don't put that voodoo on us. Right? If he doesn't sign, um, so a lot of the time it's just guys don't even want to hear it until a lot of the and a lot of the times they bet on themselves. Most guys do. Trevor Story as well. I mean,
2: I love guys that do that. And you see it, I think, a lot more in baseball. Guys have those monster contract years, and then they get paid. Jay Bruce. Uh, sorry, Jason Bay. Jason Bay. Another Met legend. He
1: Jason He hit, like, 48
2: Bay. home run. What do you He hit, like, over 40 runs. He went off runs, to Boston, yeah.
1: And then he signed with the Mets. One of the worst contracts in baseball history. Yeah. So, so I mean, what, what can you do there? Because, right, signing a guy like that is a gamble in general. Right. So... But bro, I don't Me, I need consistency I need consistency
2: Dude, I don't fuck with that at all I tell the guys when we play fantasy football I'm like, yo Stop trying to find that diamond in the rough That like you haven't seen it before Yeah Like give me I used to love taking Marshawn Lynch Because I knew I was getting 12 touchdowns 1200 Mm -hmm. yards I Mm -hmm. just knew I didn't want Penciling to like in. like like this year. The hot one was like Austin Eckler, right? This I'm talking about this past yeah. year. Granted, he got hurt. That's just you can't factor that in. But like Austin Eckler, it's like yo, Melvin Gordon's not there anymore, and this dude is coming in. He's gonna be the starter. We've seen him in spot starts. Now he gets a workload. What happens? He misses nine yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. And he kills your fantasy. I'm team all right about down. that consistency. I want guys that I know I'm gonna get. So like in baseball, I see that shit a lot. Where guys go into their contracts years, they have like all of a sudden. Fucking! Remember Chris Davis on the Orioles? Yeah, like I don't know. Still, just... who
1: still has to play because he's under that contract? Yeah. But now look at a guy like Aaron Judge. You got to pay him soon, but what do you pay him? Because he's been hurt a zillion bajillion times. But when he's on the field, he's the best player we've had since Jeter. Mm. Right, the most dynamic, most most box office. Right. Yeah. So, so what do you do?
2: You know what else it is with Judge, bro? He's such a. Specimen,
1: yeah, him and Stan are <clears throat> crazy. <clears throat> he needs now, they're doing the whole yoga thing. I don't care. I want to, you know, why I love Robinson Cano, right? And everybody can talk shit about Robinson Cano 100 in his nine year career with the Yankees. He played 100 under 155 games once, like that's consistency. And you know what he did with the Yanks. Like, it was just yeah. year after year. The same thing with Jeter. 19 year season. The only year he missed more than, um, he played under 130 games was when he dislocated a shoulder. Yeah. Right? Like, that's consistency. Those are the guys that deserve the big contracts. Do you give it to Fernando Tatis? Like, I love the way it's structured. And I love the way that they were, like, structuring about it. But now he's dealing with a shoulder issue. He's been hurt before. He's 22. It's like. You know, so we're, they, the middle ground has to be met with that.
2: Yeah, it's, all, it's always fascinating, and especially with baseball because the contracts are so so ridiculous.
1: Like dynamic contracts, ridiculous. Yeah.
2: You know, if you, if you ever sit down and do, like, what they get paid per game, it's roughly what a quarterback makes per game. So today. that's
1: interesting that, that you bring that up because Chris and I, a couple episodes ago, we do This Day in Yankee History, and we were talking about Lou Garrick. On this day in like 1946, uh, what was it, like March for whatever it was, he turned down fifth. Uh, he turned down the Yankees contract because he wanted. He he held out. They offered fifty six thousand dollars for like four years or something like that, and he was like, he was like, nope, I want seventy. They ended up settling at like fifty eight, and at the time, it was like a four year contract for fifty eight thousand dollars. He was the highest-paid baseball player of all time. It's like, yo, Tatis makes that in the third, like the first two grounders he makes. He he beat that by two times over.
2: Yeah, so check this out. I just did some math, right? Go right for this. Let's just say, so like Dak Prescott, he's due to make forty million dollars this year. Plays sixteen games, makes two point five million per game, right? baseball player making forty million dollars per year if he plays one sixty two he makes two hundred and forty six thousand per game wow so one of the reasons why these contracts are so massive it's like you're paying per game yeah so hindsight you that's can a good make point. A, you can make a case that like your trouts and bets of the world
1: might even deserve more see that's why I said before like trout was the only guy that Four hundred thirty. That's it. For Yo, Trout?
2: I think hot take, controversial take. I think all athletes are underpaid. Um, mm. when it comes to the big dogs,
1: okay, like, like, what do you mean? Like, I mean,
2: how so can do you, you truly mean, measure the yeah. the value of Steph Curry to what he's meant to the Warriors? Yeah, is it forty five million per year? No, I think he's yeah. worth like a hundred million dollars per yeah. year for yes. what he does in Jersey because he'll be sales talked about forever. That his aura, his his pull with the fans, dude. They built the stadium in, in San Francisco,
1: a new arena, which yeah. you know San Fran ain't cheap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so the, we're talking. We're thinking about different aspects, and I'm thinking more along the lines of just physical uh, talent. I'm in talking that about. Sport. Can, I'm, I'm so you're bringing into the, into the whole the package. Pack. In. Yeah, the yeah. Whole package. Okay, no, I agree in a sense. I mean, Derek Jeter made what? But, I think
2: I think 18 million was like the most he made in his career mm-hmm. in one season. Like, yeah,
1: but Mike Trout's paid 435. What, what's gone on with the Angels, you know what I'm saying? So it's that, it's that reverse where he's got the – Curry is skillful, like one of the best in the league, but Mike Trout is hands down the best in the league. Mm. But he hasn't really bought much to the Angels. The only thing he's bought is views. I mean, they've made the playoff That's once. a good
2: point. And also in basketball, that might be a tough argument because in basketball, one guy can really dictate the future of your team. Oh, yeah. Whereas in baseball, like
1: Trout hasn't – has he ever made the playoffs? He made the playoffs once, twenty fifteen. He ran into that Royals team, and he went one for thirteen in the series with a home run in his last game. So he went like zero for eleven, mm. right? So he they got they went into four games, I believe it was actually five games. Right. Uh, so he started out zero and eleven. So he was not really a part of them. Interesting. So that's the whole thing. It's like we need Trout in the playoffs because it, it, he's only thirty two. But it's like, we need to see what this guy can do in the playoffs. He's the best guy in the league, you know? Yeah. So, Uh,
2: I think it's this year. Speaking of Trout and the Angels in the American League, who do you have in the ALCS?
1: Yankees. Yes. (laughs) Yankees all day. Yankees, Yankees. Um, Yeah, I got Yanks. And give me the uh, rematch Yankees race. Oh. Give me rematch Yankees race. I, I mean, I don't know because... The Rays, their pitching staff has gotten so much worse. They've got Tyler Glass now. They bring back Chris Archer. They they signed Rich Hill. He's got awful, especially against our team. We're gonna, we're just gonna put it on the table. Um, but I I can't count them out again. I can't count them out. I could see, or even Yankees, Rays, Yankees A's.
2: I think the White Sox, bro. Not, I know. I'm not mentioned- too high on them
1: yet. With that with that injury. I'm not too high on them yet. I want to see. They had a great season last year, mm. right? But what can you measure last year? It was 60 games. The bad guys, the excuse is 60 games. The good guys, the excuses. 60 games. So, I mean, I want to see when the White Sox go out. Now, keep in mind, last season they only played their division and the NL version of their division.
2: Right, because everyone stayed in their region. The White
1: Sox are going out this year and playing the big dogs all over the place. And especially on primetime because of the fact that they've gotten so much better, more people are talking about them. Yeah. So here's a test.
2: Let me ask you this as we wrap up with this question. Uh, the Mets and the Yankees are
1: letting fans in the arena. Are you going to be on? Oh, 100%. Count me in. I mean, I waited long enough. Yeah. I think the Yankees are doing 20%. We're going to figure out a way to get there. I want to see how it goes first, right? how things go. But the Yankees have been starting to send out memo. I'm sure the Mets have as well about, like, their, their policy and stuff moving forward. I, I heard Uber Eats is doing a thing with the Yankees and Mets now. The the Knicks, if you want to go to a game at the Garden, you got to get a COVID test three days beforehand. Yeah, so they're so doing I, the same think, thing. Yeah. You either need a COVID test three days um, within the time span of you going or just need to be vaccinated. So I'll get a test and then I'm not currently vaccinated, so I'll get a test. Right, and then I'll go. But you know, we'll see how it goes. Who knows? They said up until they said their plan is now um, for early May to revisit the discussion of even testing individuals. So we'll see how that goes. But I mean, I'm, I'm I got to get back in the stadium. First time Yankees are going to have Garrett Cole in front of fans. Wow, that's right for a full season. That's right. So like, and he's he's one of those guys that's just so pumped about that right he's like i just want to i want to hear the fans and we're like we love him everybody loves garrett cole and they're gonna get he's gonna experience that and that might be a good boost for him to win 20 games and al sion
2: world series what do you got
1: world series give me oh man yankees padres yankees mets
2: Subway series would be
1: crazy. Subway series would be crazy. And actually, my guy in MLB, the show, I was playing him the other day. I'm on the Yankees. And it's like, you made it to the World Series. You'll be playing the Mets. I was like, yo, this is sick. <clears throat> I was like, yo, this is amazing. I like I set feel, up. I feel like we got to bet that. Oh, if they, if that's the case, we have to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going for sure. But we'll set but, up.
1: Yeah, no, we'll, we will. Yeah, we got to talk about that. I mean, if, if the Yankees and Mets are in the World Series, we're coming on for like... The entire series. Like, we, we have to do something, like, where we do, like, <laughs> every single day. <laughs> mad bets. I'll just... I'm going to sleep here. Mad bets. We're going
2: to have mad <laughs> bets going left and right, for sure.
1: Yo, that would be insane. And it would be 22 years to the making. Do you think that'd be good for baseball? Oh, my God. I would. I think it would be just what baseball needs right now. Because... There's they're not finding a good middle ground with the casual fan and the fan, the diehard crazy fans. They're changing a lot of the rules. They're you know, they're they're restructuring the game. I think the best thing for baseball, especially after last year, coming out of the pandemic season and all that stuff, for viewership, financially, morality, all that stuff, you get a Yankees Mets World Series. The entire nation will watch it. We gotta get one back on y'all too, man. Right? Two thousand one was that was, um, I was young for that, but what Jeter, <laughs> Jeter went five for five game one, let off the game with a home run off Al Leiter, and then he ended up going five for five that game. First World Series player to hit five heads in the game. When we
2: finish this episode, we're going to do the six pack, which is a Patreon exclusive. And one of my questions is, well, the first question actually uh, is, if you were to build your personal Mount Rushmore. That would represent Nick Alvarez, who would be the names. I feel like Judah is going to be announced
1: on there.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Save it. Save it. Okay. Because okay. I'm trying to get people to go and subscribe <laughs> to the Patreon. And make some money. <laughs> this was fun, man. No, this, this is always fun. Yeah. This is a good time. And you gave me some talking points that I'm definitely have to go and look into. That idea of the MVP has really, like, stuck
1: with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, this is always... I'm always down to do this. And if we got to do it again during the year, we have to have you on Twin yeah. Talk Yanks for sure. Yeah, and we could talk some betting.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes. Talk yes. Betting on the show for sure. Uh, tell the people the podcast, where they can find you, all that shit.
1: Sure. You can find me and my twin brother Chris at Twin Talk Yanks on Twitter and Instagram. You can give us a follow on our new YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Twin Talk Yanks. You can find me, myself, Nick, at NLV09. On Instagram, Chris, I don't even know his uh, his thing, but I'm sure Nick will put it. Yeah, I'll have in everything the, in, the in the bio, bio yeah. so
2: yeah. Awesome right, man. time, man. This was a good time. And uh, we'll catch all you legends. This
0: dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let it drop of me spill. Clogging
2: the lane. I'm filling the stream, I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills.